Naked riding a dolphin. Where'd that Our, dorsal fin go? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, they put it between their butt cheeks and they clenched, and that's how they <laughs> held on. Who's <laughs> <laughs> going there? You said it first. That's good. <laughs> We're going squatching. We're going squatching, bitches. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. I am fucking Josh, baby. I'm London always. And this is Don't Touch My Sasquatch. We explore topics with energy and a good laugh. We're two guys that have a love and passion for these topics. Things you may have heard of, but don't know the full story of yet. We're here to tell you those stories, share our opinions, and come let you come to your own conclusions. <laughs> We're not coming. <laughs> we'll do the research so you don't have to. Always keep your mind open to the possibilities that some things may not be as they appear. For thousands of years, people have been captivated by the stories of a legendary city that has sparked the curiosity and imagination of adventurers, adventurers and explorers alike. Some have spent their lives looking for this city that has been lost for millennia to the sea. What clues can we find in these expeditions and stories told? Was there really an advanced technological civilization that was lost to a catastrophic event which caused it to sink into the ocean. Could it be? Well, sit back, strap on your scuba gear, and put on your tinfoil hats as we uncover the lost city of Atlantis. Surprise, Ooh, I changed it a little. Scuba gear. Yeah. Oh, fancy, fancy, fancy. I figured I'd do a little different. Yes. A little different. I know. Scuba suit is also, uh, mine is uh, lined with tinfoil as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, they call me Scuba Steve. Scuba Steve. <laughs> <laughs> scuba Steve, damn you. <laughs> Yeah, today's lost episode is not lost. We found it. <laughs> we found it. <laughs> we found it. It's too bad we couldn't find what <laughs> yeah. the episode was about. I think it's Atlantis, some lost city in uh, Mars. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was Jupiter, but Mars makes more sense. Well. We're just going to get right into it. So, there are many theories of where Atlantis is and uh-huh. of its demise. Yeah. To better understand the origins of these legends we must first talk about the greek philosopher socrates ah no we plato's. did talk about socrates. sorry plato's plato, plato. <laughs> he's only one guy plato plato plato's. singular <laughs> <laughs> well an advanced city lost to the depths an ancient philosopher and a demigod who is a core member of the justice league all of these pieces are integral to the story of atlantis lex luther yes while Aquaman does call Atlantis home, he is the work of DC Comics. Today we will be examining the works of Plato Comics. <laughs> and Namor. Namor. The, the comic version, not the movie version. Yes, thank you for correcting. Because I, I haven't seen it yet. What's his, he has a different city name. Google Khan. Huh? I don't know. He's a Mayan. <laughs> yeah, think. he's Mayan in that one. Remember, I haven't seen it either. Oh, I haven't seen it either. Remember, too. I don't have Disney Plus right now. Fun stuff. Anyway. Oh, that's... Wonderful. Aquatic-based superheroes. Uh, Plato, the man who started the journey, the world would take for over 2,000 years in search of the city lost to the waves. That's right. He molded it. Let's talk about him. Who was he? Well, long before he started the successful malleable dough company, he was an ancient Greek philosopher. Yeah. Born somewhere around 427 to 428 B.C. in Athens, Greek. 
Greece? Greece. He was Greek, though. <laughs> the Greek philosopher. Uh, Plato nestled himself in between the great minds of Socrates and Aristotle, the and former his teacher and the later his student. Yeah, and he made fries. <laughs> and then you fake taste them. And then Plato's Plato salty. salty. <laughs> Everybody I ate did. the Plato fries. <laughs> I never did. I'm sorry. Everybody tried it. It's salty. Uh, Plato's salty. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he needs more pineapples. Uh, everybody used to talk about eating like Elmer's glue in elementary school. I really? never did that what? shit. You got a weird generation. I never ate Elmer's glue or anything. Look, my generation is weird. I'll tell you. <laughs> That's true. Cancel. Plato fine-tuned his <laughs> teachers. Fine-tuned his teachers' wisdom of ethical matters and produced many works of literature that are highly regarded today. To spread his philosophy on life through the ages. Like Dr. Seuss. He wrote Dr. Seuss. Exactly. He wrote the man. <laughs> he wrote him into existence. And then we got some glorious... It's actually not that great. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Are you my mother? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm your uncle. That's another one. Anyway, the philosophies that Plato taught are thought-provoking and highly in-depth. They I make you go... Things that make you go, hmm, am I living my best life? <laughs> he taught of the relationship humans needed to have with entities called forms. These forms included justice, beauty, God, and equality, among forms. others. Forms suck. Yeah. Uh, Go to the doctor's appointment. Hey, fill out these 20 forms. <laughs> nah, I'm good. No, they can't see you. All right, I'll fucking fill out the forms. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do paperwork. <laughs> Um, but this is not a Plato episode today, so we will only be looking at a select few of his works and save the more philosophical, life-guiding principles for another time. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. The right. ones where he mentions an incredible... I want to take that word out. Okay. Incredible. That's the word you use when something's incredible. Yeah. The ones where he mentions an incredible island civilization lost in the sea. Yeah, I'll take two of those, please. Hawaii. Ah, no, Fiji. Oh, okay. Well, and Bermuda. <laughs> Could be. Could, Could it be? be? We'll come back to that Benini. maybe later. Now. Maybe later. Plato mentions Atlantis in a couple dialogues he wrote called Timius and Critias. Okay. All right. Now, for those of you like myself wondering just what the fuck a dialogue is. Uh, it's what you're doing right now. <laughs> it. That's what I thought. <laughs> really? Sort of. A dialogue is described as follows. A Socratic dialogue is a conversation between two or more people in which participants are forced to think critically yet independently about the dialectical and epistemological... Mm, I almost had that. Epistemological nature of a subject matter. The Socratic dialogue was utilized by the Athenian philosopher Plato to advance arguments involving logic and reason in stories. Well, I think that's kind of what we do. So we're having it is, a nice dialogue. But if it was... If it was scripted, yeah, and it was meant to push a point or an argument or okay. exposition, um, dialogues uh, that okay. Plato wrote were a work of fiction. <clears throat> fiction yeah. meaning that no conversation actually took place, but more accurately that through the use of these characters, we were able to drive a narrative. Gotcha. So our dialogue happens at the end of the episode. End of the episode. End of the episode, yes. Yes, end of the episode. Got it. Uh, Plato's narrative being a lesson for his lectures. A lesson, a lesson or his lectures. Lesson. Um, they, this is used, um, in modern day movies all the time. Yeah. You get like a couple of characters who are like really giving a lot of exposition mm -hmm. or driving a narrative that the director wants the audience to think. Like Mel Gibson. Sure. 
He's got I, some, I just made some shit up. He had some wild hair <laughs> in, in Lethal Weapon franchise. I love that franchise. So good. In Timius, which was written in 360 BC, we follow a conversation between a few people. Mm-hmm. Critias, Socrates, Timius, um, and Herma- Hermocrates. It's actually Socrates. You are Socrates stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's from a movie. I think it's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Socrates. <laughs> Socrates. Great movie. Um, and Timius, uh, he, these people was, are. He was named Tiny Tim when he was younger. Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> he had a bum leg. <laughs> yeah, Socrates used to be an asshole to him. And then three ghosts apparently visited him. And now he's, he's Wait, not. Tiny Tim had a bum leg. Yeah, he did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Old lame leg. Lame son he of a couldn't bitch. go steal things for the people that Oliver... Twist. Twist. Thank you. <laughs> stuff for. I didn't I think you were talking about it. the cat. I started it, and I couldn't remember where it was going. It's all right. Anyway. I gave you a finger. Great. Um, as Grandma says, I can't do that with that one. Read between the lines. Oh, or five. <laughs> <laughs> what? She always does the five. I'm giving you five. Ten of these or whatever. <laughs> she does yeah. do that. Yeah. I, for I guess me, I didn't click. For me, I give nine and a half because this guy. He's straight. got a bum finger. <laughs> I sure do. Another football injury. You're learning all about the football injuries lately. I got a bum shoulder from Saka. Yeah. Well. Bum ankle. How the fuck did you do that one, by the way? You're just running around. Did you shoulder check someone? No, I jumped up for a header. Yeah. And I got checked midair. Ouch. And I came down with my arm above my head like this, but I came down sideways, and my arm went all the way up. Sorry, my arm went all the way <laughs> up in the blade between my bone and my shoulder, shoulder blade. blade there, pinched my tendon, mm-hmm. and I got an impingement syndrome. That sounds like fun. And my tendon was swollen, and to this day, I have trouble like going up higher than this. I didn't know that. I could help you with that. Sweet. Thank you, because I was told I needed PT, and I never went. Ah, well. Anyway, that's... Probably getting cut. <laughs> Why? Oh, if it's riveting my audio, fucking, I'll keep it in. My goddamn quad story made it somehow. All right. I got a bum shoulder. <laughs> Everyone knows now. Um, God, it hurts now. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the the four characters, Christius, Socrates, Socrates, Timius, and Hermocrates. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say the Hermocrates. Hermocrates. <laughs> Hermocrates. Um, the, these people were most likely real people. Yeah, I think Socrates was a real person. We don't. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they were real people, but this is more so like just a fictional conversation. Gotcha. Maybe. Maybe. And Critias. Um, yeah. We'll get into Critias. Okay. Uh, through the course of the conversation, we get a retelling by Critias to Socrates of a story passed down to him. I now I will be reading select dialogues from Plato's works because I comb through. Christius and Timius to read all this stuff. Well, so you guys get to enjoy the fun parts of it. We thank you for that. Christius, listen, Socrates, to a tale which, though strange, is certainly true. It was attested by Solon. 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 I'm going with Solon. Sauron. I change it many times in my head. Solon. I like Sauron better. Sauron. <laughs> Sauron. <laughs> Who is the wisest... Of the seven sages, he was a relative of my great-grandfather, Dropides, and he told the story to Critias, my grandfather, who remembered and repeated it to us. Socrates says, very good, not a mere legend, but an actual fact. 
Christius says, I will tell an old world story which I heard from an aged man. For Christius, at the time of telling it, was nearly 90 years of age, and I was about 10. So, to take away from that. Wow. <clears throat> All right. Christius is talking to Socrates. He goes, bitch, I got a story for you. And Socrates is like, I bet. And so, Christius is like, my grandpa told me this, who learned it from Solon when he was younger. And uh-huh. my grandpa told me when I was when he was ninety years old, and Solon heard this back when he was a young man. Mm. We find out later on, as I'll say, that the story actually took place nine thousand years prior. So we're about nine thousand and a hundred years, okay, prior to this conversation is when the story and they were going to tell. This conversation was three hundred and forty AD. Uh, three hundred sixty is when okay. Christians right. came up. All right. He came out. Timius. Huh? Timius. Timius came out. Oh. We're talking about Timius. So he's crippled. Even though Christius is talking, this is the Timius story. So he's handicapped and he came out. Oh, he's a hero. He's woke. <laughs> so are you. Bat. What the <laughs> fuck was that? You never heard bet before? I have, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, we dive into the story. Of the Greek. But for the people that, you know, are the older generation, like I don't know what Thor. bet means. It means all right. There you go. <laughs> Pretty much means all right. Yeah. So, all right. All right, we dive into the story of Greek Solon, Solon, I can't remember, who was traveling through Egypt, and after a series of conversations with an Egyptian priest, he learns from him that the Egyptians actually have a vested interest in Greek history. Solon was an Athenian statesman and poet who lived between 630 and 560 BC. Mm. So there we go, now we're dating it back. Uh, the priest goes on to tell about an ancient power battle that was, raged in, that was waged in Athens history, some 9,000 years prior to Solon. Let's listen now to a passage from Timius about the great Atlantis. Okay. So this is now um, in the story. I didn't write it all because it's a lot, obviously. Uh, Solon has gone to Egypt. He's traveling through Egypt. He's talking to a priest. The priest shares this story with him, um, says that the story that this happened 9,000 years prior. Mm-hmm. This is in between 6 and 500 B.C., so now we're 250 years prior 200 years prior mm-hmm. to Christius. Got it. Okay. So, and That's, all this is just kind of... <clears throat> this is the Egyptian priest telling them about mm-hmm. it. All this is uh, just Plato making shit up or well, writing down know. dialogue. Exactly. We don't know. This motherfucker was tired of being a philosopher. He's like, I'm going to be an author. But it's kind of like the but dialogues are wrote as if it's a trans. Yes, it is. Uh, dialogues are wrote as if it's a transcript from a conversation, though. That's the thing. So are movies. They I didn't guess. have. <laughs> well, they didn't have tape recorder back then, so they had to write. The, somebody scribed it. Anyways. Anyway, let's listen now to the part about from Timius. Did you travel back in time and actually record them? Like, I did. Okay, I was back go there ahead. with my phone and just. I want to hear the voices. Uh, it's like, uh, oh, what the fuck is it? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The Chocolate Factory. Which and one? The first one, the original one. Uh-huh. Which is Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Okay. Anyway, I could be wrong. Anyway, it, they're doing the tape recorder, and he's like, my older people will get that reference. I, I, I like that movie, and I just don't remember it. Just don't remember it. <laughs> Many great and wonderful deeds are recorded of the state in your histories, but one of them exceeds all the rest in greatness and valor, for these histories tell of a mighty power which unprovoked made an expedition against the whole of Europe and Asia. It was Randy. It was Randy. Into which they were led by Randy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a to fight. <laughs> He's been yeah. around a long Need time. another hole. <laughs> you said hole. He was there. 
uh, into which against the whole of Europe and Asia, into which your city put to an end. This power came forth out of the Atlantic Ocean, for in those days the Atlantic was navigable, and there was an island situated in front of the Straits, which are by you called the Pillars of Heracles. The island was larger than Libya and Asia put together, and was the way to other islands. And from these you might pass to the whole of the opposite continent, which surrounded the true ocean. For this sea, which is within the Straits of Heracles, is only a harbor, having a narrow entrance, but that other is a real sea, and the surrounding land may be most truly called a boundless continent. Um, so at this point, he's telling them about this con- island, this mm-hmm. enormous island continent in the Atlantic Ocean just past the Straits of Gibraltar, um, which the Straits of Heracles is what they called it back then. Gotcha. Now, in this island of Atlantis, there was a great and wonderful empire which had rule over the whole island and several others and over parts of the continent. And furthermore, the men of Atlantis had subjected the parts of Libya within the columns of Heracles as far as Egypt and as far as Tyrhenia. Ah, Kang Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Kang was good. Um, Too bad they... Spoiler, 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 and then they spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But he better I can't spoiler, believe spoiler. When, <laughs> when he spoilered or spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is all translated from ancient Greek, so I apologize for a lot of the translation people. It's all right. The vast power gathered into one endeavored to subdue at a blow our country and yours in the whole of the region within the straits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Landis was gathering an army to attack that. That way, got it. And then Solon, 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 your country shone forth, and the excellence of her virtue and strength among all mankind. She was preeminent in courage and military skill, and was the leader of the Hellens. There's a lot of Hellens, huh? All of the the army yeah. of Hellens. Yeah. <laughs> it's the um, it's the Karens of today. <laughs> no, no, no. They're no. just a bunch of bitches. I would like to speak to your manager. <laughs> I like to speak to your manager. Just a Fuck out of here. <laughs> a bunch of, I like to speak to your manager. And when the rest fell off from her being compelled to stand alone and having undergone the very extremity of danger, she defeated and triumphed over the invaders and persevered from slavery those who were not yet subjugated and by persevered, I meant preserved from slavery, those who were not yet subjugated, and generously liberated all the rest of us who dwell within the pillars. Okay. Now, yeah. it's a lot to take in, but pretty much the Atlantis army, the Atlantean army, started going out, outward and starting to take over all these other countries. Libya, Egypt, they were in Egypt, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Athens was the only one that stood against them, that had a fighting chance standing against them. And they did, and they succeeded and they freed all of those that the Atlanteans had enslaved mm-hmm. and made a stand against them when the other countries couldn't. They got did, it. but they got beat down. So that's pretty much what that says. Gotcha. But afterwards, there occurred, a violent earth, there occurred violent earthquakes and floods, and in a single day and night of misfortune, all your warlike men in a body sank into the earth, and the island of Atlantis, in like manner, disappeared to the depths of the sea. Going down. Going down for real. <laughs> After Timius, he wrote Critias, which went into the story more in depth and fully fleshing out the Atlantis as an island, its formation and its attempts to conquer before being stopped by the mighty Athens. So Timius comes out. Um, Big Dick Tim. He did another one after I think it's I think it's the Hermat to Day. Okay, sure. Guy, um, and then he came out with Critias. Now Critias 
is just a full, pretty much full in depth mm-hmm. on this. Was just like say this is the back of the book uh, description of what it's about. They get fully into detail about Atlantis as a whole, as a country, who they are, their way of life, their origin, fully in depth. So if you guys want to like really read into that, check that out. But some big takeaways from Critias are as follows: Atlantis was founded by Poseidon in mm-hmm. the far west Atlantic. He was the protector of Atlantis, and seeing it, seeing as it was in the sea, he made it his. He slept with the women of the island, and Boss. one such lucky lady named Cleto bore children to him. Cletus. Cletus. <laughs> <laughs> That's Cleto now. <laughs> Cleto. Jokes I'm going to leave on the table there. Good one. Cleto and him had uh, children together. You All ready right. for this? Uh-huh. Five pairs of twin boys. Unlucky bitch. Ten, ten sons. Now. Ten. That's a lot of twins. That's a lot of twins. It's almost like. An ungodly amount of twins. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. It's almost like a lot of twins. Poseidon divided up the massive, beautiful island into ten different parts, which okay. later are referred to as zones. The firstborn was Atlas. Atlas was the oldest son. Atlas was mm. named made king of Atlantis, and the island and the ocean were named after him. Atlantis, Atlantic, Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> I have no joke there. That's fine. I, I, I was trying to I'm, think of one. You're good. The other nine sons were named princes and were given their own portions of the island country to rule over. Wait, with, there was nine guys named Prince? Yeah. Prince, 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 Prince. And there was also footprints around her. <laughs> ah, callback. The other nine sons were given... Right. Princes. <laughs> they were not given princes. <laughs> they were named princes. <laughs> That's right. They, uh, they were given their own portions of the island to rule over... With Atlas in charge of them all, as well as the whole of the island country. So you got ten portions. The biggest and best one goes to King Atlantis. Atlas. Atlas, not King Atlantis. I know. I misspoke it. it. It's all right. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> um, coming from Christian, quoting from Christius. Then dividing the island of Atlantis into ten portions, he gave the firstborn of the eldest pair his mother's dwelling and the surrounding atollment. That part was the largest and the best. The god also made him king over the rest. Oh, he's rhyming. He's rhyming now. Uh, From these ten kings, the descendants for generations ruled over the islands and held a strong standing with countries as far away as Egypt. The lands Mm -hmm. of the island were very fertile and made the citizens of Atlantis very prosperous. So were the women, hence the twins. Yeah, five fucking pairs of twins. The islands had everything in their city that they would need to thrive, as well as the resources that were brought to them by various other countries. Um, The lands just literally, the islands provided them with anything they needed. Um, lumber was abundant, fruits and vegetables, animals. There was just everything they needed, supposedly. Great land right there. Yeah. Um, the island's grounds were rich with a resource called auriculum. 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 Okay, auriculum. A resource said to be as valuable as gold. I needed to ace it because it comes up again. There was an abundance of wildlife on the islands as well to support the country. They even had elephants that roamed around the islands. Dude, elephants are my favorite. I know. I know. I know. And if people listen. They know. They know. And I know. And And now I know. Courtney doesn't know. And you know what? Knowing's half the battle. Yes. Elephants. Now G.I. Joe knows. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. And there's copper there, too. Don't forget the copper. 
Copper, copper, copper. Don't forget copper and elephants. Copper, copper, copper. It's a big thing in Atlantis. Ooh, chair breaking? <laughs> copper, copper, copper. I didn't talk about the copper. Oh, take out the copper. We love elephants. <laughs> <laughs> the vegetation of the island boasted all manner of trees for lumber, fruits for eating, and any other type of plant that could be used to the benefit of society through the use of medications, Ooh. foods, Ooh. and ointments. That's, like, what, that's what he said. <laughs> like, uh, um, um, um. water-based lubricants. Oh, man. Wait, man. I was <laughs> Hemorrhoid cream. Ah. Hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> Hemorrhoid cream. Uh, side tangent. I saw a commercial the other day on Hulu for <laughs> Peroni's disease pills. Yeah. yeah, there we go. With the bent carrot. I didn't know that was something that was like that. Seriously? I thought it was just like... What, did you think I just came out with my ass with that? No, 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 no. I knew that I knew that you said that was a thing, but um, I didn't realize it was like, uh, oh, my God, I need, to, <laughs> I need a pill to treat this shit. It depends on which way it bends. I mean, oh, God. you know what I'm saying? Anyway. If well, it bends up at a right angle, not a right angle, like an actual angle. being the attic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fans of Christ should get that joke. They would, and I, I got nothing left. Now. That's I'm sorry, I cut it. No, you didn't cut it. I just don't. Uh, know I, invited, I, was going. I cut it. I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> I, I cut it. Not my dick. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, what? With the building. It was a great song. I loved it. <laughs> with the building blocks of a thriving civilization at hand on the islands, the country thrived and took shape as follows. Okay. The center of the islands held the main city, which contained a palace and the residing king at the time. Every generation, a king would add on to the palace and make it even grander and larger. Okay. The other nine island portions of the country were all connected via bridge systems that were all connected to the centralmost city. So okay. pretty okay. much the island, when they divided, when they, when Poseidon divided up into ten portions, I'm not sure what to do with my hands, <laughs> no, uh, separated, like actually divided it. So there's like yes. tunnels, or not tunnels, um, canals and mm -hmm. rivers going in between them. I, yeah, I've seen the pictures. Yes. Um, so there was bridges going across all of them. Yeah. A canal was dug from the outer sea to the inner city that was 100 feet wide and 100 feet deep. This met up with the city and formed a harbor. This is the central right. city. This is um, where the Flash lives. Um, so that way I can make a visit. The central city is the citadel, what do they call it? Um, and that's where the king lives, and that's where the biggest, grandest palaces are. Oh, I got the flash joke. Central City. Okay. I got it. Um, so, yeah, there was a harbor there. <laughs> <laughs> Walls and towers were constructed out of multiple colors of quarried rock and bordered around the island. So they had, like, red ones, silver ones, gray ones. Yeah. Rocks, rock-colored ones. Um, gates and towers were constructed where the ocean inlet began. In the center of the island, like I said, was called the Citadel. This is where the palaces were held. In the center of the citadel was a holy temple in honor of Cleto and Poseidon, the mother Ooh. and father of the... Cletus and Poseidon. Cletus and Poseidon. <laughs> That's what you just said. I didn't. I love when you do that. I hate it because I feel like such an <laughs> asshole. Cletus and Poseidon. That's what you just said. All right. Ryan does that to me all the time. Anyway. Back to it. Back to it. <sighs> Cleto and Poseidon's temple. This was impossible. It was not impossible. 
This it was the impossible whopper. <laughs> yeah. This this was inaccessible mm-hmm. and was set in an enclosure of pure gold. I like gold. <laughs> <laughs> now Poseidon's temple was said to have a strange barbaric. There was also a separate temple just okay. for Poseidon himself. Well, that makes sense. That was accessible. Poseidon's temple was said to have strange barbaric proportions about it as it was massive. Huge fucking temple structure system. Yeah, it's Poseidon. Better be. I just said a lot of buzzwords there. <laughs> uh, huge temple. Huge. Um, the whole of the outside of the temple was covered in silver, save for the pinnacles, which oh. were gold. Silver and gold. <laughs> the, the, uh, <laughs> the temple's interior ceiling was ivory with a splash of gold. Hold on, where'd they get the ivory? You said there was a ton of elephants there. Better not be the goddamn elephants. Here. I don't know. They did what they could. <laughs> not the elephants. No, they wouldn't kill the elephants. I'll get into it later. All right. Uh, with a splash of gold on the ceiling, silver and oracalcum. Oracalcum. Or- I can't fucking get that word. You know what? Is this what it's like to be you? <laughs> <laughs> it is actually. It's or-cal-cum. pretty frustrating. Or- See? Can't even say frustrating. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, while the walls and floors were all covered in the oracalcum stuff, yeah, I'm gonna guess you're gonna cut everything before then, just start with oracalcum. I will not, but when I fuck up, I know (laughs) I've been so conscious about that lately. Have you, yes, I've noticed that though. No, but I'm like, (laughs) oh, I fucked up there, better leave it. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to, Um, you can just cut my fuck ups. I thought I do. (laughs) You have a lot of fun. No, I'm just kidding. Is but a joke, flesh wound, but a joke nonetheless. Flesh inside, you know, words hurt, Lennon. We're friends, but actually, family. <laughs> inside was a massive gold statue of Poseidon, which was so large that his head touched the ceiling. That's that's what uh, what's what I mean, the wife pro- said? The wife's name, Cleto. Cleto, yes, Cleto said the same thing about Poseidon. I'm his sh- head touched the ceiling. I'm sure, she did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, if he was so big, I mean. Yeah, probably yeah. could have just like made the ceiling taller. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the temple or are we talking about Cleto again? All of it. Oh, <laughs> Cleto, you're too tight. I need to make you bigger. <laughs> oh God, uh, he's depicted. Exactly. Oh, God, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's depicted in his statue is riding a chariot that is pulled by six winged horses. Oh, Pegasus is ah uh, Pegasi. Surrounding Ooh. the statue were a hundred gold statues of Nereids. Riding dolphins. No, no, you said they're us. Nerds. Nerds. <laughs> Riding dolphins. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> In Greek mythology, a nereid was a sea nymph. Oh. Oh. Nerds. And you know how the ancient Greek statues go. They were probably like... Naked? Yeah. Fucking a dolphin? Naked riding a dolphin. Where'd that Our... dorsal fin go? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, they put it between their butt cheeks. And they clenched, and that's how they <laughs> held on. Just <laughs> <laughs> going there. You said it first. That's good. <laughs> on the outside of the temple were many gold statues of the descendants of the ten kings and their wives. Not to be confused with the twelve rings of power. In the city, they had intricate water systems that they harnessed and utilized the resource in a spectacular fashion. Glorious. They had fountains. A pillar of any great city, honestly, in my opinion. Uh, but their fountains had hot water as well. Ooh. It's just Poseidon pissing. That sucks. <laughs> but no, they had like uh, hot water fountains. Uh, it tastes weird, but it's warm. <laughs> it's warm. 
Um, they had cisterns, which would collect rainwater and would be used for warm baths in the wintertime. Like it. They had baths specifically for kings, select few, uh, public baths, one specifically for women, baths public, for cattle. Public baths. That, could you imagine? That was a thing back in Rome. I know Greek. it is. I'm saying, could you imagine a public bath? Like, um, all right, fam, let's get together and take a bath. Uh, I have a problem just going uh, to a public bathroom. Yes, I don't yeah. think I don't think I could even do. That. I'd probably be going to a public bathhouse at like three in the morning when everyone's passed the fuck out. Cletus, stop pissing in the bath. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Why? Who who took a shit? There's a floater in There's here. There's a Snickers floating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they had they had baths for horses. Uh, last one I didn't say, but uh, everybody was squeaky clean, I said. <laughs> uh, the water didn't go to waste either. Uh, Chris- no, they drank it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> in Christius, uh, we learned that of the water which ran off, they carried some to the grove of Poseidon, mm-hmm. where were growing all manner of trees of wonderful height and beauty, owing to the excellence of the soil, while the remainder was conveyed by aqueducts along the bridges to the outer circles. Gotcha, aqueducts. I thought you were going to say Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman. <laughs> like, you know, they got the buckets of yeah. water. Those people yeah. carry the buckets on their head. <laughs> He's just swimming with a bucket. Yeah. Of Underwater. Air. How does that work? <laughs> He's incredible. That's how it works. Oh, boy. Uh, Incoming message. (laughs) (laughs) Gardens and temples were abundant. And Atlantis even had places of exercise for the Joshes of the country. Yeah, you got to be joshing me. Got to be joshing me, he says. That's a good one. I've never heard that before. (laughs) Neither have I. It's not like it's my name that everybody says, oh, you're joshing me. Real original, guys. Yeah. I get asked all the time if I'm named after John Lennon. She gets on my nerves. It's like mm. that's when they ask you if you're, uh, you know, Russian. Uh, that yeah. happened to me twice in my life. Yeah. No, 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 no. All right, you ain't Russian, so bitch, why are you stalling? Let's go. God. <laughs> that was a very good one. <laughs> oh. Guardhouses were posted, positioned. Guardhouses were positioned throughout the citadel to watch over the protection of the important peoples who resided within the citadel. Yes. The harbor which gained access in and out of the sea was full of ships and merchants from all over doing business with the spectacular country. The harbor which gained access in and out of the sea was full of ships and merchants from all over doing business within the spectacular country. The harbor area was a bustling area of commerce and humanity day and night. Christius hmm. said of the country of islands that in Solon's words, in Christius we learn in Solon's words. All right, Sauron, what did Sauron have to say? I must endeavor to repair Present. I must endeavor to represent the nature and arrangement of the rest of the land. The whole country was said by him to be very lofty and precipitous. Precipitous. That's not right at all. Um, Precipus. We're going to move on. On the side of the sea, but the country immediately about and surrounding the sea was a level plain. In itself, surrounded by mountains. Mm -hmm. It's a level plain field. Which descended toward the sea it was smooth and even mm-hmm. and of an oblong shape extending in one direction 3,000 stadia but across the center inland was 2,000 stadia the part of the island looked towards the south this part of the island looked towards the south and was sheltered from the north the surrounding mountains were celebrated for their number and size and beauty far beyond any which still exist having in them also many wealthy villages of country folk and rivers and lakes and meadows supplying food enough for every animal, wild or tame, 
and much wood of various sorts. Lots of wood. Abundant for each and every kind of work. That's right. Lots of wood. So pretty much. Everybody's walking around with wood, actually. Everyone's bricked up with wood. (laughs) Um, What is a stadia? uh, A stadia I will touch on later, but I can tell you now because I forgot it was in there. Stadia was an ancient form of measurement. Okay. Um, From what I can understand. Oh. I have it right here. Beautiful. I might as well just keep reading. <laughs> Landlands, I said. Landland. Uh, land lots of the ah. plains were divided. Nope. Lands of the plains were divided up into lots. A lot being 10 square stadia with a total of all of the lots at 60,000 stadia. Now, a stadium is an old unit of measurement in ancient times. I'm unsure of the exact measurement conversion because there's not really one. Gotcha. But... The way Stadia is used in the text to explain the scale of things on the island, it seems to be uh, a large unit akin to a mile. Okay. So just maybe we'll think of a mile it as a or mile so. or so. Okay. Yeah, so each lot is 10 square Stadia. About 10 square miles. Yes. Or as I like to say, 10 square feet miles. Miles, foot miles squared. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Um, but all of the lots together in the islands were 60,000 square Stadia. Now these lots were all assigned a leader based off the villages and its inhabitants, resources, gotcha. yada yada. Did you just yada yada me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got Jeff. You're taking this one. Phyllis. Phyllis. Phyllis lost it. Frank, you got this one now. <laughs> Why did right. Phyllis lose it? <laughs> uh, she wasn't here. She you got to be water. present. You got to be present. Randy, get out of that <laughs> hole. Get into your, your area. He's not in a hole. He's in a spring. Hot spring. <laughs> He's pampering himself. Yeah, finally. Oh, Randy. Havoc. Havoc. Stop causing havoc. <laughs> now, quoting the source, the leader was required to furnish for the war the sixth portion of a war chariot so as to make up a total of 10,000 chariots. Also, two horses and riders for them and a pair of chariot horses without a seat. Okay. Without a seat. <laughs> well, you're not going to ride a chariot horse. Accompanied by, chariot. accompanied by a horseman who could fight on foot, carrying a small shield, and having a charioteer who stood behind the man-at-arms to guide the two horses. Ooh. So much military shit right here. Right. He was bound to furnish two heavy-armed soldiers, two slingers, three stone shooters, and three javelin men. And a partridge in a pear tree. Them two who were light-armed. <laughs> A four sail and four sailors to make up the complement of twelve hundred ships, which hmm. was the military order military order of the royal city. The order of the other nine governments varied, and it would be wearisome to recount their several differences. Sure, so sure. basically, they fucking yeet yeet. <laughs> they fucking yeet. <laughs> well, the javelin men did. They bet on the yeet. <laughs> um. Anyway, so each lot had. Uh, each leader of each lot had to put together this to, as a uh, um, their contribution to the military. Twelve hundred fucking ships, warships. It's a lot of shits. It's a lot of shits. Um, so with that being said, this is a fucking military powerhouse. It seems like of ancient times. No I, wonder yeah. they were having trouble fighting them. Conquerors. The laws and governmental structure of Atlantis were all constructed on the principle of the ruling Poseidon. Mm-hmm. Curtius says of their way of life, mm-hmm. such was the vast power which the gods settled in the lost island of Atlantis, and, af- and this he afterwards directed against our land, 
for the following reasons, as tradition tells. For many generations, as long as the divine nature lasted to them, they were obedient to the laws and well-affectioned towards the God, whose seed they were. For they possessed true and in every every way great spirits, uniting gentleness with wisdom in the various chances of life and in their intercourse with one another. Mm, They despised everything but virtue, caring little for for their present state of life and thinking lightly of the possession of gold and other property, which seemed only a burden to them. Neither were they intoxicated by luxury, nor did wealth deprive them of their self-control, but they were sober and saw clearly that all these goods are increased by virtue and friendship with one another. Whereas, by too great regard and respect for them, they are lost in friendship with them. By such reflections and by continuance in them of a divine nature, the qualities which we have described grew and increased among them. But when the divine portion began to fade away and became diluted too often and too much with the mortal admixture of the human na- and the human nature got the upper hand, they then began they then being unable to bear their fortune behaved unseemingly, and to him who had an eye to see grew visibly debased, for they were losing the fairest of their most precious gifts, but to those who had not I to see the true happiness. They appeared glorious and blessed at the time when they were full of avarice and unrighteous power. So we know the story of Timaeus that the Atlanteans began to drive themselves outward into new lands like Egypt and Greece and began meddling in the affairs of other countries as well as beginning to conquer these lands with the loss of their ethics. So that's pretty much what they're saying. What Christius was saying in that was they lived this ethical life for so long where mm-hmm. they had this way of life this mindset of virtue and then over generation generations human nature started to take over and they just lost it normal so that's when they began branching outwards so we know that 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 their loss of that perfect society and meddling angered poseidon and that anger in turn was met with the destruction of the island and society by poseidon a society that for so long he had held in high regard and had cared for and even took part in formating, for, forming the society, right. obviously with his sons. In Timaeus, we learn at the, end of the, at the end of the bit about Atlantis from Solon that when the Atlanteans lost the battle to the Athenians, their home was destroyed. From Timaeus, we find out, but afterwards there occurred violent earthquakes and floods, and in a single day and night of misfortune, all your warlike men and bodies sank into the earth, and the island of Atlantis in like manner disappeared to the depths of the sea. The island country... Once so great and prosperous, was lost to the sea, and along with it became a figment of legend until 1627, when English philosopher and scientist Francis Bacon published a utopian novel called The New Atlantis, depicting a politically and scientifically advanced society in an oceanic island. Kevin Bacon back now. Yeah. In 1882, former U.S. Congressman Ignatius L. Donnelly, that's a name, published Atlantis, the Antediluvian World. Antediluvian? That's antediluvian, Hmm. which uh, this was based on many attempts to locate Atlantis and to learn about the lost society. Donnelly hypothesized an advanced civilization whose immigrants had populated much of ancient Europe, Africa, and the Americas, and whose heroes had inspired Greek, Hindu, and Scandinavian mythology. Donnelly's theories were popularized and elaborated by turn-of-the-20th century Theosophists. Theosophists? Theosophists. Oh, I'm sorry, they said piss. Theosoph- the- mm. 
theosophists. Ah. And are often incorporated into contemporary New Age beliefs. And like a Bigfoot on a jet ski, we're moving on. You sure it's not like a big booty on a jet ski? Like a big booty. Like a big booty on a jet ski. Well, the theories on where Atlantis is located are abundant. Mm. There are basically a theory placing in every location on the globe, including Antarctica. Uh, let's look at some of these possible locations and then and see if there is any validity to them. Spain, 2009. A U.S.-led research team led by head researcher Richard Fruind. Dick Fruind. <laughs> what? His name is head researcher. <laughs> head researcher Richard Fruind. Fru- whatever. Believes they may have finally located the lost city of Atlantis. Mm. They believe that a tsunami swamped the lost city thousands of years ago in the mud flats in southern Spain. I keep on saying southeast. Southern Spain. Mm-hmm. Southern Spain. Southern. Good Spain. lord. Spain. Just norm of Cadiz. Buried in the marshlands of Donna Anna Park is the spot they believe the lost city of Atlantis to be. The team used a combination of deep ground radar, digital mapping, and underwater technology. Hopefully it works better than Giorgio's. Uh, to survive the site. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I have a quote from something. Great. I don't know if Let it's it actually, rip. I don't even know if it's a quote, but I have quotes around it, so it must be a quote. Sweet. Using a satellite image of a submerged site near Cadiz in southern Spain, the researchers used radar and data mapping to survive the area which they believed was flattened thousands of years ago. This is the power of tsunamis, says Richard Frun. Friend who is particularly confident that he found Atlantis after discovering a series of what he called memorial cities nearby built by what he thinks is refuge are not is what he thinks were mm. all the words <laughs> what he thinks were refugees of Atlantis that had fled the sunken island. That's all I got for that one. So Spain, there's a possible location. Spain, possible. We're moving to Greece. We're going to check it. Possible. Done. Possible. Another potential area is a Greece is in Greece, not a Greece, not Greece <laughs> that you cook with, where more recent theories of a civilization that flourished in the Greek islands of Crete and Thera roughly four thousand years ago. The Minoans, who were named after their legendary king, King Minos, <laughs> are believed to be and their favorite fish, Minnow. <laughs> they're so tiny though. That's why they're skinny and thinny. Skinny and thinny. Yeah, it worked. I uh, believe that to be Europe's first great civilization. The Minoans built pal- palaces, had paved roads, and were the first Europeans to have a written language. However, at the height of the power, the Minoans mysteriously vanished from history. Mm-hmm. This has fueled belief that there's a link between Atlantis and the Minoans. Historians believe that around 1600 BC, there was a massive earthquake that shook the island of Thera. The earthquake triggered an eruption that threw 10 million tons of rock, ash, and gas into the atmosphere. Damn. That's a lot of ash, gas, and rock. <laughs> Goddamn oh, right it was. Rise for free. <laughs> <laughs> ash, gas, or rock. I'll take the rock because there's abundance of it. 
The tsunamis that followed the eruption were largely, not largely, they were large enough to wipe out and devastate cities throughout the regions. This may have been, nope, this may have made these cities like Atlantis and the Minoans vulnerable to invaders and started their demise. Mm. Greece, possible. <laughs> I, I awesome. got a fun one. I got a fun one. I think you like okay. this one. Alaska. Alaska. No, Antarctica. Okay. Antarctica. Not to be confused with our Uncle Antarctica. Ah. Another theory is that the continent of Antarctica is where the city of Atlantis was located back when it was in a more northern location. What's wrong? You look confused. No, I just saw something this morning. Oh. Coincidentally. Huh? Said that they found... They were able to map a ring around Antarctica. Uh, it was like a, a mountainous ridge ring around Antarctica underneath the ice. Really? Yeah. Well, I just could it be? I just saw that this morning. That's weird. Go ahead. That is kind of weird. Must have been listening to our text messages again. <clears throat> I mean, who knows if it's true? It was online. <laughs> Everything online is true. The book Earth's Shifting Crust by Charles Hapgood states that roughly 12,000 years ago, Earth's crust shifted, and that's it. So, oh, next please. is... No, I'm joking. This shift displaced the continent of Antarctica from its more northern location to where it is located today. And West. cooled it down. Yeah. <laughs> West. The sudden shift to its current frigid location doomed the advanced civilization that lived there and the city of Atlantis. As though so. And the city of Atlantis was thus buried... Under layers of ice, Hapgood's theory of the location of Atlantis happened before the scientific world had a full understanding of plate tectonics and its movement. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this makes Hapgood's shifting crust idea a less likely scenario. Or does it? Let's dive into it a little more now. Okay. Through the genius of Albert Einstein was one of the few... I didn't mean through. Ha. I wrote though. Oh. Though the genius known as Albert Einstein was one of the few that supported Hapgood's Antarctic theory and even aided in the development, developing the Earth crust displacement theory. Okay. So we're traveling to November of 1952. Einstein wrote to Hapgood saying, well, first Hapgood sent him correspondence uh, a theory yeah a theory Hap, uh, Einstein then wrote back to Hapgood saying you're fucking crazy bud <laughs> <laughs> saying that the idea of Earth's crust displacement should not be ruled out a, a prony a, oh god he said a word and I don't even know how to say it <laughs> like that's fucking surprising uh, a priori a p i fuck me dog a it should not be just ruled out just because it didn't fit with uh, what people wanted to believe mm. about Earth's past. What was needed is solid geological and paleontological facts. Hapgood then spent the next six months gathering geological evidence to support his idea. And then in May of 1953, Hapgood wrote a letter back to Einstein with 38 pages of evidence and the central focus was the evidence that Antarctica was ice-free at the same time 
that North America was covered in ice. Mm. Einstein replied with, I find your argument very impressive and have the impression that your hypothesis is correct. One can hardly doubt the significant shifts of the crust have taken place repeatedly and within a short time. The two continue their correspondence with Einstein urging Hapgood to follow up on evidence of Earth, Earth's fractures, Earth fractures, hmm. follow up on Earth fractures, followed by the centrifugal momentum problem. He's using big words because he's Einstein, all right? That's a big word. Jesus. When all was said and done, Einstein was convinced and even wrote a favorable forward for Hapgood's book, the beginning of which reads... And I quote, I frequently receive communications from people who wish a consult, wish to consult me concerning their unpublished ideas. It goes without saying that these ideas are very seldom possessed of, of uh, scientific validity. The very first communication we had, however, that I received from Mr. Hapgood electrified me. I added some words in there. Um, as I normally do. Sure. <laughs> I can make this it's better. A bonus word. I can make this better. I didn't make it any better. I actually made it more confusing. I'm sorry. Well, we're traveling. All right. The next place. Uh, I tried to go in order of um, uh, of, of possibilities. Mm, okay. So the second to last places are the Azori Islands. Mm. The Azores. The Azori yes. Islands. The Azores. The Azores are... The, <laughs> okay. the Azores are a group of Islands... Belonging to Portugal, roughly 900 miles west of Portuguese, the coast. So the coast of Portuguese is what I meant to say. Portuguese, Portugal. the coach. <laughs> the coast. <laughs> the coach. Uh, Some people say that these islands could be the mountaintops of Atlantis. Oh, I like that voice. The cluster of nine main islands of the Azores form part of the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, which defines the division between tectonic plates. Oh, nine of them. There was ten of uh, ten from Atlantis. That's right. Uh, maybe one of them was a little less higher. I don't know. Maybe well, one was destroyed. No, the central one. Or, I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the paper written in 1917 by Charles... Oh, I meant to like, get this one sounded out. Shushert. I hope I'm not to say his name again. Yeah. Uh, 1917 by Charles Shushert called Atlantis and the Permanency of the North America, North Atlantic Ocean Bottom, discussed a lecture by Pierre-Marie Tremier that suggests that the entire region north of the Azores and perhaps the region, very region of the Azores, of which they have, yeah, of which they may be only the visual ruins, was very recently submerged. The paper reported, Evidence that an area of 40,000 square miles and possibly even larger, as, as large as 200,000 square miles, had sunk in 10,000 feet below the surface of the Atlantic Ocean. Mm. The paper concluded that, one, the Azores are volcanic islands and are not the remnants of a more or less large continent mass if they are not composed of rocks seen by the continent. Two, the tactile, tech, holy shit! What is that word? 
There's a lot of whys and shit. <laughs> Tech. Tachylites, tachylites, whatever, the tachylites uh, dredged up from the Atlantic to the north of the Azores were in all probability formed where they are now at the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. This doesn't sound like it's proving shit. Mm -hmm. Um, There is now, there is no known geological data that proves or even helps to prove the existence of Plato's Atlantis in historic times. The Azores are steep-sided volcanic seamounts that dropped rapidly 3,300 feet to a plateau. Hmm. There have been core samples taken from the plateau, as well as other evidence that show this area to have been submerged, to have been a submerged plateau for millions of years. Evidence that has shown that the Azores, Azores Islands, Azores Islands, just sounds like too many plurals. Anyways, Zori's Islands have not subsided to any significant degree and that some of the islands have actually risen during the late to mid Pleistocene. I don't even know what that is. This is the time period. Must be. This is evidence. This is evident by relic Pleistocene. Wave cut f- platforms and beaches, sediments, and that now lie well above current sea levels. I I don't like that one. Oh, well. I just totally discredited the whole thing. I don't know why I put that even in there. It must have been during the uh, beginning of my research. Now I get to the fun one. Cyprus. And Cyprus comes in during this section and the next. American archaeologist Robert Sarmast. Bigelow. <laughs> Robert Bigelow. Um... Yeah, I mean, he does everything else. Might as well do this too. So, Uh, Robert Sarmast was located. He's right there. Uh, (laughs) Here, time to pause. What he believes is the center of Atlantis. Mm. A detailed sonar scan of a seabed was done 50 miles off the west coast. Nope. Ah, 50 miles off the southeast coast, total opposite of what I was saying, of Cyprus. It revealed that. But a mile under the sea was what he believed to be a man-made structures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like 0.9, so it's about a mile. Right, it was, it's fucking... Huh? Sorry, I'm looking at pictures of what you're talking about now so I can follow oh, along. Oh, gotcha. The sonar scan revealed walls, one as long as two miles long, and a canal or trenches that were about 1,600 yards deep. Uh, on a hillside above a rectangular plain on the seabed that Sarmast says is a perfect match of the first known description of the fable city of the Greek philosopher Plato's. Yes. Plato, not Plato's. That's pretty cool. I'm looking at the sonar scan of it. Yeah. He states, I didn't actually look at the sonar scan, to be honest with you. It's just I should have done it's that. It's just a 3D model. Gotcha. He states, there are walls... There are trenches, there are canals. We have proven this is a match and cannot be coincidental. The list of evidence is truly enormous. The people who demise, demise it is not the word. The people that who dismiss it are people who have not done their homework. This is all based on real science. Yeah. Sarmast's theory is that modern-day Cyprus is the highest point of ancient Atlantis, 
with the rest of the land mass submerged below the water of the Mediterranean Sea. He has also been able to confirm some of the Atlantis characteristics with Cyprus, to Cyprus. The presence of elephants, the presence of elephants and copper are two important characteristics which fit the his hypothesis. Copper was so abundant in Cyprus that the island was actually named after it. What about the pillars of Hercules? There's an argument that there are multiple locations around the Mediterranean Sea that carry that description. He didn't really go into how this one fits, but that's what he says. Well, you know. What's up? Uh, we'll get into it in theory. Straits I'm of sorry. Gibraltar. I'm assuming that's where he was talking, I think. Um, no, uh, we'll get into it when we get to the gotcha. series. Gotcha, gotcha. What about the fact that it was an island? If the Mediterranean dried up, as we will discuss later. Even though, in this theory, most of the sea was land, in the uh, Mediterranean drying up theory, uh, there was still rivers emptying into the area, and most likely some ocean water still remained unless the period in which the sea was cut off from the Atlantic Ocean was extremely long. Might sound a little confusing. Um, it's linked to the theories of Atlantis' demise. It'll make sense later. Okay. Cyprus has still... No. Cyprus still has a yearly festival of the flood. Is this in remembrance of the catastrophe of the catastrophe that claimed a technologically advanced civilization long ago? I'm trying to do my best ancient alien questions and not answer them. <laughs> Sarmast and a team did a, a second expedition and provided irrefutable, not and, to provide irrefutable proof of, the, of there being man-built walls. I cannot find the results um, of this, this second. He wrote a book. I'm assuming it's in his book. But I did find a thing that said update at the end of this article that I was reading that stated he did find it, a 90-degree man-built wall, so it's either the city or the biggest coincidence known to man. So enough. I don't know where the second research is. Like I said, it must be in his book. And uh, I forgot to write his book down. So Richard Sarmast wrote a book. Go check it out. Check it out. Now, did the cots on the... Oh, wait, do you have anything to add? Um, I like this one. Cyprus? Yeah. So did I. So I, I kind of wrote a little bit more about it later. Um, I, I like that it's right there next to Egypt, next mm-hmm. to Greece. Yep. You've got all these places, Libya, that, that, they were, that Plato said about him, mm-hmm. them conquering. Um, but yeah, I, I really like that theory and the man-made walls and the sonar scans kind of seem pretty cool the only thing i have hung up about it was the straits of gibraltar which are the pillars of heracles mm-hmm. and um that they said it was out in the atlantic in the open sea and that the world stretched on the ocean stretched on after that but apart from that i like this theory yes so I'll let you move on we'll get into this theory yeah. there are multiple theories of how and why atlantis disappeared so let's get into a couple of them right now all righty I'm going to just keep saying get into them. Sure. Because I just want to get into them. Okay. Get into them. Just joking. I don't (laughs) Get into her. Theories of demise. A tsunami. Sure. Happens with earthquakes, happens with meteor strikes, happens with volcanic eruptions. A tsunami is an oh shit. Well, I'm going to tell you what a tsunami is. A tsunami is an oh shit moment. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. 
A tsunami is an ocean wave that is caused by an underwater earthquake, landslide, or volcanic eruption. I just said all that. Or a meteor strike, you said. And a meteor strike. See, I added something. A tsunami can reach heights of 100 feet high and travel at speeds of around 500 miles an hour. That's fucking crazy. This is more than enough to wreak havoc, not havoc the Yeti from last episode, but destruction on the city. On a city, on any city. Could you imagine a 100-foot-high wave coming at you at 500 miles an hour? Shit's fucking wild. Well, you better just tuck tail and scurry because you're dead. Yeah, you're fucked. Based on Plato's detailed account of Atlantis, searchers have focused on the Mediterranean and Atlantic as the best possible sites for the city. It has been proposed that Atlantis was located on the Greek island of Santorini. This is modern-day Santorini. I think it's Thera. Thera. Back then, mm-hmm. um, the it- Italian island of Sardinia or on Cyprus. It has been well documented for centuries of tsunamis in the area, with one of the largest coming in November of, ni- of 1755 when a 10 story tidal wave slammed the city of Lisbon. 10 story tidal wave. About 100 feet high. Yeah, yeah. fuck that. It's fucking scary as shit. Scurry. I touched on this one. Okay. It's kind of, I, I kind of throw you back to a different episode, but the Bermuda Triangle. I have heard of that episode. Yeah. The Bermuda Triangle, which we covered in depth in episode 35, is notorious for its mysterious disappearances. Could one of the, of those mysterious disappearances be the notorious Atlantis? Maybe. Or better yet, all the ships and planes that mysteriously disappear because of the sunken city of Atlantis and its advanced technology? Some theorize Atlantis was located in, the, located in the Bermuda Triangle because of the discovery of what looks like man-made walls and streets found off the coast of Bimini. Mm. Yeah. Now, we discussed all this in Bermuda Triangle. We didn't really get too much into Atlantis, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> maybe. All right. Here it is. A little bit more on Cyprus. Okay. And it's possibly sinking. You're fine. It is known, it is a known fact that the Mediterranean Sea hasn't always been a sea. It, it, no, not it, at least not a sea as large as its current size. There's an argument that roughly 18,000 years ago, there was not just one large Mediterranean Sea, but three. Mm -hmm. Smaller ones, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, just three three large ones. Let's look into the theory by Robert Sarmas that Atlantis is located 50 miles off the shore of Cyprus, approximately a mile underwater. There is an abundance of evidence that Mediterranean Sea dried up during the mezzanine salinity crisis. Salination? Salinity. 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 Mezzanine salinity crisis. This is where the Mediterranean waters dropped by one to two miles below the level of the Atlantic Ocean. One to two miles. Jesus. Just a little bit. That's a, that's now, my question is... quite a bit. Well, uh, let me give it... This is the result of tectonic uplift blocking the inflow of water through the Strait of Gibraltar. So it wasn't getting water. Uh, my thing is, is if the city was a mile below the water... Uh-huh. I'm confused how it's two to three miles of water. I guess I would put the water level below the city, Josh. A mile below the city, though. 
Anyways, <laughs> now separated from the Atlantic Ocean, the Mediterranean Sea either entirely or partially dried up due to evaporation and makes the previous bottom of the sea okay. now a dried up desert. Oh. Sarmast, however, disagrees with the closing of the G- Straits of Gibraltar and exposure of the Mediterranean Sea floor. He argues that about 10,000 years ago, the Straits of Gibraltar was closed off, were closed off. Good English, Josh. <laughs> Straits of Gibraltar <laughs> were closed off and resulted in one of the biggest waterfalls in the world. A waterfall 100 times bigger than Victoria Falls, which is the current largest waterfall. That'd Pretty cool waterfall. Beautiful, too. Uh, earthquakes then reopened that corridor, resulting in millions of tons of water slowly entering the Mediterranean and land being and, and land being sunk underneath the water. So Atlantis being sunk under the water. Yeah. Sarmas believes that Atlantis was sunken and lost in this catastrophe. So add that with the above. Yeah. He believes that the Straits of Gibraltar were closed off. There's a big waterfall, and there'll still be water in there because rivers do empty into the Mediterranean, so there'll still be water around there. There's the big waterfall that has water coming in there, yeah. but it's not as high as what it was when the Straits were open from the earthquake. Got it. Earthquake. Earthquake. And it just destroyed the city. Then the inhabitants that survived said catastrophe went and... Populated other countries. Populated other countries, yeah. Or at least just immigrated. I mean, I don't know how you survive that if it all of a sudden just a rush of water comes through, but... Well, if you're on a boat. Or an advanced technology. Technological civilization is what I meant to say. You just hop on your UFO. <laughs> just hop on your UFO and turn tail and scurry. <laughs> Come on, we got some pyramids to build, bitches. <laughs> well, I guess we're done here. Time to be Egyptian. <laughs> Uh, now we've covered the history of Atlantis, gone over the couple possible locations, and looked at some theories as to its disappearance. Yes. It's time now for us to discuss our personal thoughts. We've presented the facts. It's time now to examine the evidence and give our theories. So pull up a chair for our final thoughts. <laughs> Science. Beautiful. Always beautiful. I would like to start with you. What's your theory? Or what's your thoughts? Sorry. Uh, so, well, kind of like I was saying, that Cyprus uh, theory I mm-hmm. find very fascinating. Um, but the hang-ups I have about it. What? I forgot one theory. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Just, are you, ah, Fuck. Never, the theory that it never existed and Plato invented is, but I forgot. Of course, there's always the reality that Atlantis never actually existed to begin with. Maybe Plato invented and thought that Atlantis, maybe Plato invented the thought of Atlantis as a vision of an ideal civilization. Maybe the story of its demise was meant to be a cautionary tale of the gods punishing human hubris. Outside of Plato, there is no other written record of Atlantis's, Atlantis's existence. There's also no trace of a sunken civilization ever being found in the ocean, despite all the modern technology, modern technology and advances in oceanography, like ocean mapping technology. I didn't mean to cut that one. I got so excited. <laughs> uh, so, 
Back to your third. Sorry. It's okay. Um, I like the Cypress one. Yes. Uh, it puts it in the right range. Mm-hmm. The scale makes sense. Um, the location is off a little bit in one regard, but also in another regard, regard is accurate. Um, being right near all those countries, like I was saying, um, gives it some credence, but not being outside the Straits of Gibraltar and actually being on the opposite side of the Mediterranean mm-hmm. as the Straits of Gibraltar is kind of um, different. Mm-hmm. Um, but who's who knows? Maybe. Maybe. And maybe somebody just wrote it wrong or remembered it wrong or was passed down wrong. Or maybe it's a different city. Or it's a different city. and It's the anti-Atlanteans. Yeah. Anti-Atlanteans. I meant like a different city like I can't name one, but that, I don't fucking know. I have no theory. Fair enough. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I read something somewhere that, you know, it matches a different city as well that's actually still a real city. Yeah. But, yeah, anyways, um, hmm. that's not my theory, though, so if that's All why right. I don't really know it that well. That's fine. You were going with so it. So I do like the theory of Cyprus, and I think if if it was a real place that, I think Cyprus makes sense in the Mediterranean, um, especially with the man-made walls being found, supposedly. Yes, I mean, cool. it looks like man-made walls. And Well, the other thing, too, is like you were saying, back to, not to take it from you and take oh, it back fine. to me, What's up? Um, with the Mediterranean dropping, mm-hmm. there could have been another city there, and they built some walls down there. There's that, too. Yeah. Um, the Mediterranean actually, the water level dropping and all that is actually a scientific fact. That's not a theory, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's a civilization there and then water comes in, it makes complete sense. So, well, here's the thing, too. Um, the Azores mm-hmm. outside of Portugal are beyond the Bering Strait, correct? Yes. Yes. They are beyond the Bering Strait. And there's volcanic activity, mm-hmm. which um, in Plato's story, he says that Atlantis was sunk with volcanic activity. Mm. So, that's a pretty big The location's right. The um, evidence of volcanic activity is accurate. Um, That's where they found the, what the guy called... Um, nine mountaintops or something, right? Nine mountaintops, and I think the surrounding area had what he called memorial sites. Like, it kind of yeah. matched Atlantis, too. Like, well, the survivors left and yeah. created cities like that. Um, yeah, the the nine mountaintops. Nine times. Nine times. Uh Atlantis was divided into ten portions. Mm-hmm. The tenth was in the center. The outside had nine. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like that one. The more I think about it, a little bit more than Cyprus. Yeah, a lot. A lot makes sense there. It does. Um, it's also very possible that we just haven't found it yet. <laughs> well, there's that, but also that Plato's Plato's. <laughs> I keep giving him a plural name. That Plato was just writing a a. a fictional piece for people to enjoy maybe it was about um uh his vision of an ideal civilization Uh a story of its demise was meant to be a cautionary tale of the god's punishment punishing human humorous Mm -hmm. very possible it could just all be made up and there is no city that's lost i really though wanted to be in at uh antarctica (laughs) that would be cool yeah but that one's less likely because of the fast, or the, the speed in which the continent would have had to move for mm-hmm. it to just suddenly freeze over or whatever yeah, the hell would happen. 
Um, plus, it doesn't match really anything Plato it, describes. If if a continent moved that quickly and that far, yeah, well, that quickly, I should say, yeah, pretty sure there would be uh, global devastating tsunamis. <laughs> There's probably a lot of stuff happening then. Yeah. Also. Would that be the pool shifting? Would that, I mean, there's so yeah. many things that could happen and have happened in our Earth's history. Well, what that would happened? cause said catastrophes? It's true. But yeah, I guess my theory would be Cyprus. I like that one. I like the, the evidence that was laid out. So. I like Azores, and I like we haven't found it yet. Yeah. So whether it's uh, Azores, yes, have been found, or. Uh, Whatever the fuck I thought it was. Jesus. Cyprus. Cyprus. Couldn't there think of the word. Sorry. That one I was talking about earlier uh, was a legendary civilization of Atlantis located in the Atlantic Ocean, the Mediterranean Sea, or Antarctica. Did the lost civilization get destroyed by a catastro- catastrophic event that caused it to sink beneath the waves? Or was Plato's writings just a vision of an ideal civilization? Your guess is as good as ours, but... That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Nice. Stick to it, my friend. I stick to all my theories, except for when they're proven wrong. And then I say, get out of there. <laughs> I didn't think that. No, I did think that. Well, I have a theory. Oh, yeah, what's up? My theory is that ladies, gentlemen, and squatches. And Atlanteans. Yeah, with your staffs and your water and you're riding your dolphins clinched in the damn porpoise. Dor- dorsal Dorsal fin, fin <laughs> with a butt cheeks. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode on Atlantis. If you would like to reach out to us and let us know your thoughts or opinions on Atlantis, you can do so by finding us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our YouTube channel. Links are in the show notes below and in Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The, the lost uh, scrolls of Atlantis. Yes. If you enjoy what we do here, don't touch my Sasquatch, and would like to support us, join our Patreon to get bi-weekly bonus shows, discounts on merch, exclusive Patreon content, and lots more to come. For you to enjoy. You can hit the subscribe button for auto-downloads. Listen first thing every Monday morning and drop us a five-star rating or a review as we'd love to hear from you, and this will help us to grow and bring you more content for you to enjoy. Join us next Monday for our next incredible episode. You may write us, rate us, review us, but remember to always stay curious, be vigilant, and don't touch my Sasquatch. Don't do it. He's battling Namor today. Ooh, good reference. Peace. See ya. Cut the shit, Lennon. Cut the shit, Josh. Put it in the bucket and start mosh mosh. Sweet. Heracles. Now I got a Heracles. 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 There you go. Like John Cleese, but Heracles. I I think a beard trim the other day. How's it looking? It's looking nice. It looks fantastic. It looks looks excellent on camera. Yeah, when it's like little bobbing, we're fine, but that was a big boy. (laughs) That was a big one. It's the big one. Oh, don't go again. Josh, hit the table. Get, get a drink. Stop holding my chest when I laugh. They were over the left. Yeah, was that work? Yeah, I can revise you, but I'm He's speaking Atlantean now. Ooh, I need your love, girl. <laughs> yes, you know it's true. Hold me. You know what you got to do, and I'm glad you're the one editing this. You know what you need to do is spread the legs, and that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I put that in the bloopers for that one.
jet ski. That's different than a snowmobile. You're right. It is. One, they, I mean, they both go on water. Just different forms. Forms. I get you. And the mud flaps, not flaps, mud flats mm. in north or southern France. I've lost it. Oh, fuck me. All right. Greece. Ah, again, I was trying to do the ancient alien things. Greece, 1959. I don't have a date. Greece, another Greece, potential area. Down. You getting your hair caught in the mic again? Yeah, always. It's nicely trimmed, you know. Don't fuck it up. It's a lot better. Beautiful. Ah. That no, was baby. an aggressive yeah, one. Yeah, that was 